Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cap, just the cat, just. Cats. Cats, tip. cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's going to throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. May 31st, 2022. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. To start your new week, hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. Enjoyed their Monday off. Hopefully you did get it off. And now, as you hit the ground running, only four days in the work week. So that that's nice. That's nice. I had a great weekend. Roush, how was the lake extravaganza? It was uh, it was a good time. Uh, man, a lot of fun, a lot of chaos at moments, but uh, caught some fish, uh, did some swimming. Uh, a great time. We were we were pretty pooped out when we uh, came home on Monday. So uh, had a had an addition of the Monday scaries though. That was that sucked. Just the oh man. We can't just float around in the water and eat junk food all the time. I've got to go back to eating semi-healthy and responsibilities. Like nobody wants to do that. This the, the, coming back from a three-day wait weekend, tough. Always tough. Very tough. Uh, totally agree with you. And I, I've been recently vacationed. I'm, I'm fresh off of vacation, but I, it seems like I have been. No, it, it's probably nothing. And maybe you could do this. Maybe you could get this reaction every Memorial Day weekend. But, Roush, I get the sense around people, especially my age, obviously older. I don't know too many people younger than me. But especially our age, like it seems like everybody's just sick of working. Like, it just seems like, I don't know. I don't know if it was like the pandemic just kind of broke us. And now that we're kind of getting back in the swing of things, we're like, ooh, we don't really like the th- swing of things. That, that I, I can't tell you how many people had... And again, maybe it's just after a long weekend sort of deal. But I, I've heard so many people share a similar sentiment as you. Maybe whether it's Sunday or Monday, just people being like, "I really just don't want to work anymore." Like I just, yeah, I haven't heard one person excited to get back to work. We don't consider radio work. This is just fun for the right, most part. Right, right. Talking about like real job sort of deal. Uh, yeah, I, I think millennials sick of working. Yeah, and it also could be just the age we're at where. You know, you go through the the stages in life and you reach a certain point where you kind of got to learn how to be content 
because things are going to be the same for a while. Maybe that's what it is. We're just looking down the long barrel and realize, oh, we've got to do this work thing for 30 more years. Maybe so. Yeah, uh, we're about half. We're around halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess our work career not really even halfway there. Uh, maybe so, but like that's the thing is that's why I don't want to work is because I life's so good and so enjoyable and all the other facets that it's like the last thing I want to do is have to actually work. But it, that's that's probably just a long weekend feel. You'll get back into the swing of things. You'll get hit the ground running and everything will get back to normal and you'll be fine. And, and we'll just wait for uh, for Fourth of July. Justin Kalen, how was your long weekend, buddy? It was good. And I'll, I'll have you all know you're you came in here today speaking my language because I fall into that category so bad. I, I've never needed to win the Powerball so much because I'm just so overworking. But like you said, we've got to stick through it. We've got such a long way to go unless we do win that Powerball, which is eventually going to happen. But my weekend was phenomenal. I got to golf two rounds. I went to the Louisville City soccer game. I drank a lot of good German beer. Wow. Hang out with some, hung out with some family. I had a great weekend. It was it was nice to have a long weekend, and and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Wow, sounds like you were living large. How'd you how'd you hit them? Uh, Friday when I played, I played pretty good. I shot a ninety, and then yesterday. Went out, shot a 42 on the front, and then just completely pooped my pants. So, not great. But we're going again today, so I'm going to try again. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of golf. I'll be uh, there Friday, pants, too. Never a good time. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Very, very. I, I was able to get out this weekend, which was enjoyable. Played horribly. Roush, a, a new golf sensation that I'm sure people that have golfed a lot can – can relate to to some capacity um but tuesday or wednesday of last week i was like man i'm really sore like my arms and forearms it felt like roush when you were like 14 or 13 you were getting your first good high school lift in and like the next few days like it just hurt to move but it was like a good hurt you know like you knew your body was probably like growing muscle or whatever it was you know what i'm referencing yeah it's a good sore it was a good sore. I had a good sore. And I was like, but, but I was like, I hadn't worked out. I was like, where is this good sore coming from? This is embarrassing. But it was like one of those sores where it was like getting out of bed, like, oh, like everything kind of hurts or like just moving because you're using your muscles to kind of hurt a little bit. So I didn't know where it was coming from. I still don't know for sure exactly. But I we last weekend, not, not you know, just two days ago or whatnot, but nine, 10 days ago, we rearranged a lot of furniture in the house. And I think that's what it was moving furniture, moving the treadmill, doing all this stuff. I think that's why I was sore, but it was like, it was such a, Hey, look at me. Like I've got that good muscle sore when in reality, I'm probably just old, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this wave and I'm going to start getting back into like real workouts, workouts, not just doing the Pelotrons, but like, I'm going to keep doing the Pelotrons, but I'm going to start lifting a little bit here and there, which is something I don't normally do. So started doing all that stuff. Long story short, get to the golf course on Sunday and like couldn't couldn't really even hold a club. It felt like I was like swinging like a broom almost like that's how much control it felt like I had over where the head of the club was coming in. And I couldn't even fully grip my left hand around the club like I could only like, you know, get it to about half an inch away from my palms. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to hit the driving range. I'll get this straightened out or I'll at least loosen up or get used to the discomfort where I'll be okay. I'm hitting a few balls. It is horrible. Like, again, it feels like I'm like just, I, I'm, there's a chance I may miss the ball is how I'm feeling. 
and keep playing or keep swinging, swinging. I was like, all right, at least I'm able to hit the ball. It feels really, really funky, but I've kind of figured out my groove. I'm going to hit you with the driver. I'm not going to swing hard, just soft and easy, and, and we'll work our way up. First swing, driver just goes 60 yards out into the driving range. <laughs> let it let it, let it, it slip. It flew. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Club went further than the ball. Uh, oh, the driving man. range had about six, five or six gentlemen there, and I had to be like, I gotta go. I gotta go get my club, you all. It's really embarrassing. It slipped out of my hands. I, uh, just one second. So I like run out there, 60, 50 yards, go grab the club, bring it on back. Oh, super embarrassing. The soreness and pain did not go away. Justin fired a 100, tied my brother, which may as well be a loss, which is super embarrassing. Although the funny thing is, he was he was up 44, 50 on the front nine, and uh, and he blew it on the back nine. But he played unbelievable. Good old Johnny. It was good to see him play well. He chipped in from like, I don't know, 100 yards or 90 yards or however far it was. Uh, had a, he had a good route. But it was nice getting out there. Just an experience I'd never felt before. Golfing with the weightlifting soreness. See, I, um, I thought it was one of those deals where you were going to talk about your back because I'm going to be playing this week and I know my back is just, I, I'm basically going to spend all week trying to get my back healthy enough to be able to withstand 18 holes of golf. I thought that's where you were going. The, the forearms I, and, the, and the arms sore. Now, it's almost like, you know, people used to say, well, you, like when you would uh, work out and then try to shoot a basketball and your arms just didn't know what they were doing. It's almost like you were experiencing that, but on a golf course. Weird. Exactly Very like bizarre. That. Exactly like that. But like the the biggest issue was I eventually got into like I, I had okay oh, a few okay golf shots. I don't think I hit a ball far like for my standards at all. Uh, I don't hit the ball very far, anyways, as you two know. But even for my standards, I was playing it short just because I could not. Everything felt so funny. But that's a perfect comparison. Just like after you shoot basketball after working out, you feel like a little T Rex out there on the court. I, I felt very similar, uh, but it, it, it was a good time. And weather this weekend was perfect. It's hotter today, hotter yesterday. It'll be hotter, I think, tomorrow. But then I think it's maybe going to cool down a little bit even then. So. I can't remember a better Memorial Day weekend yeah. weather standpoint. It, and, um, we, we had that moment on Saturday afternoon where it was going to be the heat of the day, and it kind of needed to to really be in, to really enjoy the water, and the darn clouds went out. That was, that was my only one beef of the weekend. But aside from that, that weather, I mean, just to where you, you – if you sat in the shade, you weren't miserable, that's the, that's the stuff right there. Get a nice little breeze going. Mm, good stuff. That I, I yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. I was okay, you know. If we have a Memorial Day weekend where it's like a little too chilly, I'm gonna take that every every day and twice on yeah yeah you know, in this instance twice on Saturdays. But I know exactly when you're talking about. It's just like clouds go away, perfect temperature without clouds. Feels a little chilly in the water. If you got out of like a above the water, the uh, yeah it, it, well, was a, and, it was a little nippy. In dealing with a toddler, you it, they don't understand the concept of temperature, believe it or not. It's just, I want to jump in. And mm -hmm. and the thing was, is I couldn't convince him to stay in the water because it was warmer in the water, but he just wanted to get out and then jump back in and then get out until it was like, dude, you're shaking. Like, we, we need to get, let's get a snack. Let's, let's, see, let's get a snack. Yeah, that'll, so, you know, bribery works, but uh, 
that that was the only downside trying to convince him not to jump in and out of the water a thousand times so you know we're learning we're figuring out as we go it's uh it's called parenting parenting always a good time uh every time i see pictures a little duke looks significantly bigger and older right uh, which is crazy because he's always looked big so he's just getting more huge uh and then shout out to lucy starting a new school today so we're very excited of that where the last trip was like a 20 minute drive to and from, or you know 40 minutes to and from this one is to and from like eight or ten minutes so let's let's hope this is a good new school then yes it should (laughs) be much closer and and i think it it should be uh should be nice but that's exciting yeah well good uh justin how are the kids They're, they're good they are good thanks for my reminder to not have kids today appreciate that fellas Although it does, although it does Uh, sound fun, like it would be fun hanging out in the lake with your kid. I'm sure. I'm sure that was a good time for you, Roush. I kid. It was. You're in a good good spot as an uncle, Justin. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you you know the uncle perks. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I will continue to live vicariously through anybody I need to until until I'm good and ready to have kids. Yeah, the uncle like I think unless you're maybe just like an uncle of one and you're that your nephew or niece is like six to 12 months old. If you're an uncle or an aunt, you get it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, the perks that you have without the cons, Yep. you, yeah. you get all the pros, you don't have the cons. And so you, you, you understand the, you understand the scope of things, Justin, AKA you get to give them all the lovings and then give them back. It's almost like being a mm-hmm. grandparent. Yep. Yeah, grandparent. Except grandparents, generally, you get more asked of you um, than aunts and uncles. But mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on the on the family dynamic. There was a lot of sports over the weekend. Not yep. wildly like jaw dropping news left and right. It was a holiday weekend, and things were mostly quiet. But that doesn't mean there isn't plenty of things to talk about. There are. Uh, including a couple really newsworthy pieces of information. We'll get to those as the show goes on here on Kentucky Roll Call. But first, let's start with the probably the biggest, the most recent, uh, the, the most newsworthy news of the weekend, if you will, and that is the Batcats are not playing in the postseason. They were not included in the field of 64 for wow. the college baseball tournament. They were on the outside looking in. Um, Really, for the last several months, if not the entire season, we didn't think it would be a tournament team. They had a couple nice series wins. They beat mm-hmm. some really nice teams. They go on this run in Hoover. They get to the semifinals. It turns back into single elimination. They're two wins away from the automatic qualifier. What would one more big win against the number one team in the country do with Tennessee in the semifinals on Saturday? Well, we don't find out. Kentucky loses. And they I go mean, they, into the selection looking like they weren't going to get in Roush, and that came to fruition yesterday. They at least did have uh, to to bounce back after that late night loss to LSU. They they put it on Vandy on Friday, and then Saturday morning beat the snot out of LSU, get a little vengeance to set up that game with Tennessee. And I I, I want to commend them because they did they did do an excellent job of hanging around, but that Tennessee game. I think I, I think I might have already passed out after partying all day Saturday night, and that game was still going on. I mean, they 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 spent had four games in three days, and it felt like they were playing all hours of all the days. 
and had it a tie game against Tennessee in the ninth inning until they gave up a three-run shot that ultimately ended the season. But, uh, TJ, it's one of those things that, despite how impressive their late run was, uh, going into that Tennessee game, they had won seven of their last nine. Um, and then I, I think it ended up, if you include that Tennessee series win a few weeks back, they were 10-6 and six to end the year, but they still were 15-20 and 20 overall against SEC opponents, 12-18 and 18 before the tournament began. I mean, I just don't. Like yeah, of course you didn't make the NCAA tournament. You yeah. you weren't you weren't five hundred in your league, you know? Yeah, well, not even not really particularly close to five hundred. Right. You, you, you had to go on a crazy run to get within five games of five hundred. Yeah, it's um and going three or two in Hoover, especially as the twelve seed, it it really was. I mean, it probably will go down as the best UK baseball run in Hoover, which is kind of sad. They've never won the yeah. SEC tournament but they have finished second. So maybe if you go back to some of those years, maybe those runs were better. I don't, I don't know. Uh, regardless though, I told you, we told you, Kentucky Roll Call told you that this was not going to be a great baseball season. It was not going to be a team that was going to make the tournament. It was not a great season. It was not a team that made the tournament. That's year six for Nick Mingione. You've got you to move in a different direction. I said this after this year, I was going to say it, after 2020, but the pandemic stopped things. And I did not, I did not like, I mean, nobody liked the season being canceled whatsoever, but I remember some UK fans being like, well, this was going to be a horrible year. So it's nice to kind of not have to worry about that. It was, it was 2020 was probably going to be the worst year that Mingione would have had at UK. If you just look at the roster, if you look at the talent and you kind of follow the storylines that were going on in January and February, heading into that season, that year could have been a complete and total disaster. And I think if it would have been, maybe he's fired after that year or at least after 2021, but it kind of seemed to prolong the timeline. I know Mitch loves Nick Mingione, and Mingione seems like a great guy on the field, off the field. He seems he seems awesome, uh, Doesn't, but he doesn't win. And uh, when you're working for an athletics program, your main responsibility along with making sure people are graduating and getting good grades and turning into adults and all that sort of stuff, you're there to win games. And he he has been to one tournament his first season. Wasn't his players. It was a hell of a run. That that regional was great. You had the super regional against Louisville. You got swept, which was not ideal, but you thought, hey, all right, maybe this is maybe this can become a regular thing where Kentucky's playing in super regionals, hosting regionals. This is fun. Let's keep doing this. No, it went the exact opposite way. They didn't seize any of that momentum. The program never grew. For Pete's sake, they built a new baseball stadium. They have the nicest stadium in the SEC, and they have the second-worst program, if not maybe the worst program. It's embarrassing. One postseason in six years is unacceptable. It'd be unacceptable if it was football. It'd be unacceptable if it was basketball. It'd be unacceptable men's, women's basketball, softball, you name it, soccer. It's just that's not the way U.K. athletics should be ran. So U.K. has to. 100% has to move in a different direction, get a new baseball coach. I suspect Mitch Barnhart will do that, but you really never know with Mitch. So right. uh, the ball is in his court. I would move quickly on things. You just get a shot in the arm. The baseball program's dead. You got to get you got to get some life back into it. There, it was fun, and and I think that's the part that aggravates me the most. TJ is I want to enjoy runs like they just had on the sec tournament like i 
I, I would I would like to care about baseball, but I just can't until it's too late. <laughs> and that's ju- just good enough to make you think you care, but they, they really haven't been. So, yeah, I, I, I'm curious, though, if, if that run – because, like, it, it, TJ, would you be shocked if this run actually was enough to keep his job and it actually ended up being a bad thing? I wouldn't be. I'd be, I would be shocked. Like I, I'd be shocked. I, this run, this run there, you went three and two in Hoover. You're one game above 500 in Hoover. And like we already talked about, to pull your overall record to 15 and 20 in the league, these are your peers that you're playing against and they are dominating you. Your biggest rival has been to more college world series than you've been to tournaments during the Mingione era. That's embarrassing. Those are, those are not like if, if you keep Minge, and I said this last year and he did it. If you keep them another year, that's just you saying that. Like again, you are just you're you're punting on baseball. You're, you're like, endorsing you're, mediocrity. You're, I mean, you're really just you're farting in the face of the baseball program, and you're farting in the. And I know it's a it's a crass it's a crass comparison, but it's true. And you're you're causing flatulence in front of the faces of the fans uh, of of a program. All they want to do is support. They want to have something to be proud of. They want to be able to go to Kentucky Proud Park and not feel like, hey, are we going to get swept this weekend? Uh, you know, maybe we'll get one. Could get one out of the three. They want to go there and they want to, they, they want the Tennessee stuff. And they don't want it also to be packed with orange. UK fans will follow baseball. The few years in my lifetime, Roush, where UK has been good, and there has been some good seasons. You haven't had the postseason runs, unfortunately. But UK baseball has been number one in our lifetime. They had that one year that they started, what, like 18-0 and 0 or something like that. That was a good mm-hmm. time. Um, there's been fun moments. And guess what? When there's been those fun moments, UK has had packed stadiums, whether at the cliff, well, I guess only at the cliff because they haven't been good since they've been at Kentucky Proud Park, but they have had packed stadiums. You've had games at Louisville that were basically 50-50 blue versus red. UK fans want to be able to follow a baseball program. A lot of places in the South, it is number two behind football. That won't, that's not the case at UK, probably will never be the case at UK, but it can still be supported with a lot of gusto and a lot of people wanting to spend money on tickets and merchandise and do all that. So they just got to be good. Not even great. Just make the freaking tournament. 64 teams do regularly. It seems like nine, 10 or 11 sec teams do. You're telling me you can't get in the top half of your conference. Mitch, come on. You're better than that. This program Mitch, please. is better than that. You know what Mitch Kentucky please. baseball yeah, reminds exactly. me of? And you, and you all might hate this. Kentucky baseball is Indiana basketball. Such a bad comparison. Justin. How? Well, how why? Indiana, I thought you were. Gonna... Well, I mean, other other five, than having five national championships. Other and, other and than Kentucky the history has is one of the only SEC. Hold on, Kentucky's the only SEC program that's never been to Omaha. And that's as bad as Jacob saying Wheeler's a bottom five point guard. Well, Okay, yeah. Once you bring all that up, yeah, that, that wasn't a great take. But I wasn't, I wasn't thinking more so about the historical perspective of it. I was thinking more so of Kentucky's expectations, the athletic department as a whole, how they should be competing within the SEC. So that that's where I was going with that. But yeah, once you bring up the historical perspective, I'm I'm completely wrong. So hand up on that one. <laughs> well, from I mean, if you want to go like the last twenty years, maybe so. Or- yeah. But even then, I mean, IU basketball a little hungrier than than UK. Yeah, baseball. but they're not getting but any dinner. I think a better so. comparison. 
I think I think a better. I mean, there there are similarities and comparisons to UK football, Roush, where it's kind of you you've sat back and you've said, why are these other places that sometimes don't have as much money in the athletic program, or maybe you don't have as much fan support? Why are they having more success in football than than we are? And you'd hear a thousand excuses for Kentucky football. In-state talent's not good. By the way, in-state talent in baseball, pretty darn good. Louisville yep. gets the best of them, unfortunately, and Kentucky kind of gets what's left over versus what else goes to other places. But, um, you know, you'd hear a ton of excuses for why UK wasn't great at football. But at the end of the day, you, the only thing UK had to do was look in the freaking mirror. That's why you weren't great at football. You weren't investing in it. You weren't prioritizing it. You weren't making the 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 necessary – financial investments that you needed to to play with the big boys in the conference baseball i don't know roush seems like they're making the financial investments it just seems like maybe the athletic director is in a little too deep with his coach and that's the only like there's the the only thing stopping uk baseball from succeeding right now and this is going to sound harsh is nick mingione and if the athletic director doesn't see that then he is just as as responsible. So then you'd say the only thing stopping UK baseball from being good, and maybe that is the case because the season's over. You know, the UK baseball is what it is as a program right now. So the ball goes to Mitch Barnhart's course, a court. Maybe the only person that's holding UK baseball back right now is not even Nick Mingione because he's done what he can do and it's not much. It's Mitch Barnhart because he actually has the keys. So he, he's got a big decision on his hand. He had one last year. If he doesn't know, if he, if he keeps him one more year, I don't know. I'll probably. I will. Uh, I will not be a happy camper, Roush. No, I. Like I said, and and I've reiterated plenty of times, it would be fun just to be able to, to get excited about baseball, especially now that the NBA playoffs are. You know, you're just down to the finals. The. Like I, I would have really enjoyed having baseball in the tube uh, all this coming upcoming weekend. Um, and meanwhile, Louisville is going to be hosting a regional right down the road. And that kind of just pours a little more salt on the wound. It's like, yeah, why, why can't we have some of that fun? They're playing like a two o'clock Friday day game. It's a great way to just coast your way into the weekend, you know? Ah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a perfect little summer. And also like, even when the season starts in February, we're always like baseball starting. That's way too early to have start baseball start. It, it, it's, I enjoy just having baseball on in the background or being able to turn on the radio and listen for a couple innings here and there. You don't even have to be the biggest fan to follow along. And then when the season starts to get really exciting, like this time of the year, you feel Bring a little bit more invested. And yeah, exactly. You're, you're ready to, to rock and roll. But Justin, going back, I think maybe a better comparison, and even this one's not perfect, would be like in Illinois basketball, where Illinois has had a little bit of success. They've been to actually, I think, four or five Final Fours before which if you're comparing that to Omaha and Kentucky's never been to Omaha, then it's really not a perfect comparison. But they're in a conference with a bunch of traditional powers, a lot of consistent winners, a bunch of places that take basketball super, super serious. Illinois also enjoys basketball. When they're good, they support it pretty much as well as anybody else in the conference. The issue is they're just not often all that great, and they don't have a ton of postseason success to show for much. I think that's Kentucky. They're in a conference full of baseball powers. They're in a conference full of places and people that care a hell of a lot about baseball. Kentucky's like, hey, we care about it too, you know. We just need to be good at it to really dive on in. And you just haven't really had the uh, 
the payoff yet. You haven't had the good, or at least consistently good enough season. And that's been Min Jones' whole issue. He's been so inconsistent. They'd go beat Tennessee at home, the number one team, and then they'd go get beat by Western Kentucky by 15 runs or something along those lines. It's inconsistency throughout his entire career. We need we need something more solid of a, of a foundation for UK baseball. I appreciate you, TJ, there's, trying there's to no come over come over to the Big Ten side of things and, and give me a comparison there. But I really do think when you look at Kentucky baseball, I think you all said it best, it really does resemble Kentucky football. Like Kentucky football was not competing in the SEC and then last year or under Stoops really, they've started to compete in the SEC. Now you all have expectations going into next season that they could win the East. I mean, so that, that's how it works. I mean, you're obviously going to get better and better as the years go on. Unfortunately for UK baseball, you haven't seen that. Nope. Nope, you sure haven't. All right, let's go to our first break. We'll come back. We'll maybe talk a little bit more baseball if you've got anything on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Pop by Thornton's today. Get yourself some coffee, some donuts. It's a short week, but it's also, as Ralph said, it, it that it's almost harder getting in on a Tuesday after a long weekend than mm-hmm. it is just getting in on a Monday after a short weekend. Aren't we supposed to be more well-rested? Well, Thorns can take care of that for you. They'll get that pep right back in your step, and you'll think it's a Thursday or Friday after you leave their 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 stations, their doors, their stores. They're everywhere throughout Louisville. Cheapest gas in town as well. We love Thornton's. You will too. Kentucky Roll Call will be back after this here on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. Here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, ninety-six point one FM, fourteen fifty AM, seven to eleven. Replay of the show, nine to eleven. Make sure you get Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. All right, we have a little bit of an update in terms of my personal life. Oh, let's hear it. So, went to we went to or the wife we we the wife went to drop the baby off again pretty close by so already back nobody home <laughs> what nobody home oh nobody, wow nobody home nobody answering the phone no no not what no nobody we at the new daycare no well at the new one. Wow. I said I hope everything goes well. I didn't think that it would my, my hopes would go would fall flat so quickly. What the everything hell? Everything says that they're open. Uh everything says that they've been open for 40 minutes. Nothing would seem to suggest that's be that would be the case though if you're at the building. We called as well. No no answers on the phone. We're wondering if like with their little update system or something, maybe sure. they're off today and they just, you know, they sent a message last night or, and we're not in the system yet since it's her first day. Right. But we're like, I'm on their 
social media stuff and they don't have anything saying, Hey, just a heads up or we're out today or anything like that. So we, we don't, we don't, we don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I, very fair. Um, because you're supposed like to go a, back to work today. It's not like a scam going around that people open up huge, ginormous daycare facilities. And then uh, right after you enroll, they just like take your money and leave town, but leave just, the huge facility behind. Right. Right. It wouldn't seem to be uh, financially. I can't imagine that that would be a profitable scam. Right. So, but still curious. Um, maybe man, first day hazing, like maybe they were all around the corner and like, you know, they hop out and they that's how they get people on day one. Uh, Jones got the gotcha girls in the back room. <laughs> yeah, you thought that we were actually close. How funny. Come on in, everybody. No, uh, I don't I don't know what we're going to do there. It's interesting. Well, um, good luck. I can talk about some stuff if you <laughs> I just, I just, I I just can't imagine happened. what was going through Hannah's mind. All right, let's get ready for this new daycare. And then it's just the doors are locked. It sounds like something out of a movie, you know. And like just shockingly, the you know the the int- the part that I, is really f- concerning for me is that like there's nobody else even not even nobody there, not even like a custodian, not another parent dropping off a kid, like also getting the same surprise or anything like. Nope, just nobody. Supposedly the parking lot just a ghost town. So and, something seems up. Yeah, and it's not like like typically in the movie when this scenario happens. It's the the parent is like a stoner parent or something, and then they realize uh, it's Memorial Day. We don't have a daycare, you know. Like it, that, that's the where the goof is if this were to play out like a movie. But no, this is a this is a regular work day. Uh, maybe maybe they just decided that sometimes. So like uh, my good friends at Vietnam Kitchen, they take a week off to go on a summer vacation. Maybe this is their week off for summer vacation. I've, I've gone to. I just I've, didn't get the memo. I've, I've some of my favorite restaurants. I've gone to some places where you just walk up, you're so excited to have the meal, and on the door it's like week long vacation, be back June fifth or something like that. I've seen that before. Never seen it at a at a daycare preschool though. That's that would be that would be new to me. But you know what? I haven't been to a ton of daycares or preschools, so um, that's an interesting update to our day that we are keeping tabs on here at the Walker household. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Roush, you want to talk a little uh, basketball recruiting? It was a big weekend in Louisville. Uh, Yeah. Can I start with my grievance? Yes, I'd love you to. I mean, what a absolute crock of BS that DJ Wagner's trainer, handlers, oh, the his, his team wouldn't let him do interviews this weekend. He's getting recruited by Kentucky and Louisville. People never hear from him. He comes to Louisville to play basketball in front of the people that he could potentially be playing basketball for next, and he doesn't even speak once. Aggravating yeah. as hell. That would tick me off to no end if I was a basketball recruiting writer. That's 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 kind of lame. Like, why, why, you know, why not one? Why yeah, not just one? Exactly. Say, hey, just do, the, do it after the first game. Get it over I, with. Yeah, after his game on Saturday, he's gonna do he's gonna do twenty minutes. We we may tell you that he's not gonna he, you know he's he may tell you no comment or he may not answer some specific recruiting questions, but he'll he'll answer what he can and you're gonna get him for twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just I mean, and here's the thing that I think frustrates me the most about it because it's it's the situation we saw played out with Shaden Sharp. Eventually, you got to talk. 
So why not practice it? Now you're going to make it a bigger deal than what it needs to be. You need to learn how to give guarded answers, even if it does mean that one sentence, it's kind of like uh, Arch Manning did an interview with Sam Spiegelman from 1-3, and he just like let out that Athens was the best college town he'd been to. He said nothing the entire rest of the interview, and like five words became something for Georgia fans to get excited about. You know what? Even if he gave just that little nugget and it was a dumb slip of the tongue, who cares? It's better than nothing. I, I just, I, it drives me nuts how sheltered and coddled. I just, oh, I'm so aggravated because I, I, I would much rather be here talking about, well, he didn't really say much, but because that's what I expected. But to not even give him a chance, you're just, all you're doing is hurting the kid. Well, I think sometimes, Roush, you, you're guilty of looking things specifically through the eyes of a media member or journalist. Like, yes, any media member or journalist would love just to have any sort of quotes from Wagner because it's content gold. It'll get you a ton of clicks. And it, it you, hey, you know, I got an interview with TJ Wagner. Look at, look at that. But your example of Arch Manning is why people don't do, is, is why people don't do interviews, while people, why people follow the DJ Wagner route and don't talk is because. He probably just in passing mentioned that the best college town he went to was Athens, which was probably relayed also by Peyton and Eli and like everybody probably would probably, you could go to Tennessee or you could go over there and you could say Athens is the best college town. One, totally subjective. And two, it's an amazing college town. So it's it's not the end of the world. But now since he said that, and since he mentioned that, I bet next time, you know, if he gets interviewed by a Texas reporter, well, is, is there anything against Austin you, you don't like? Or is it, you know, what 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 about Athens? Now he's going to have to answer about that to every different reporter for every, you know, different outlet if he keeps doing these interviews. So that's why they don't do it. When in reality, people just need to be mature and say like, oh, he thinks that Athens is a great college town. That's interesting. But now he's going to get hassled and he'll get dogged by it. And I'm sure DJ Wagner's family and his people are probably saying something similar. You know, if you just slip and say, well, I love U of L, but Cal's still Cal. Oh, no, people are going to freak out. It's going to make all these headlines. So they're just being extra secure with the with the interview process. Which quarterback was it when he was mic'd up on Monday Night Football said that he was seeing ghosts? Sam Darnold. Was it Sam Darnold? Yeah, yeah. Like, Sam Darnold. Yes. Uh and everybody made fun of him. And now you don't have people getting mic'd up as much. And they want like total control about what can be put out there when they're mic'd up and when they're not mic'd up. So when we get something good, we generally kind of spoil it as a fan. And then that leads to the athletes or the coaches or the talent or whatever it is not wanting to talk as much. So it's a slippery slope. But that what not doing one interview is, is kind of lame. Do one interview if, if, if his guardian doesn't like a question that's asked move on to the next one or do one interview and be like, I would hate this. This would be silly to do, but it's better than nothing. One interview and say, Hey, I'm just not taking recruiting questions right now. If you want to talk about basketball, if you want to talk about this, that, or the other, that's fine. But if you're going to ask me about specific schools, I'm just going to, I'm going to have to move on to the next question. I wouldn't like that. That's silly. And that's taking all this entirely too seriously. But yeah, we have an issue with that in our, our media society, Roush. Yeah. I just, it's one of those things that I, I get um I, I get the motives behind it, but it just it frustrates me to no end because every time I, I, I've never heard DJ Wagner speak a word. Um I hear I heard I I just wanted to just talk. I I, I don't know. I it's just it's just very 
very annoying that we have all of this hubbub, this hype around his recruitment. And you would think that like part of that hype is just to talk about your recruitment some. Um, maybe um, I am being the content overlord that just really wants, but it's it's freaking May and DJ Wagner having anything to say. What's the over under TJ on when we'll finally hear one person talk about Kentucky or Louisville around his recruitment, whether it's his dad, his grandfather, him, or his coach? When's the next time we'll hear from somebody about it? Oh, he'll have. He'll he'll do an interview with Jason Jordan or some or Zagoria uh, or some, stupid blogs. Some national media member that will promise nothing but butt slapping exposure and total control of the interview. Hey, you just have to give me one quote on UK, one quote on U of L, and then we'll talk basketball and your favorite movies and what you plan on doing this summer. That that's how this will end up happening. They, they didn't want to have 15 or 25 different reporters from U of L, UK, trying to one up each other. Cause some of those quote unquote media members, their questions are so funny. It, the Duke media members were always so bad at it back in the day, but like a lot of people say Cameron's the craziest atmosphere in college basketball. Do you feel like you could get wild there? Like what, what? kind of question is that that seems a little pointed and secondly what does that even mean get wild there what am i supposed to do with that as i could i could envision a scenario where if you had dj talking to reporters you'd have you'd have different fanboy media members trying to one-up each other in terms of like well does it bother you that 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 kentucky hasn't won a tournament game in a few years is that something that you'll consider well how about the fact that louisville uh, you know they they could be in a postseason ban I think that the Wagner camp just said, let's just avoid all of this. How about that? Yeah, yeah. But I'm annoyed by it. I don't really care how he played uh, at all. I just wanted to hear quotes. That's all. And that that that's me being a take guy now because I'm not – I know he's good. Uh, I, I think he – the last game I saw, he had 21 points, 11 assists, and Bradshaw had 16 and 10. I mean, like, that, they're freaking good at basketball. I get that. I know they're good. I want to. I want to hear from him. Brad Bradshaw didn't do interviews either. I mean, like, what? Gosh, goodness. Oh man. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm frustrated for Jay. But Rob Dillingham, he did uh, speak. He's got a decision date set for June 24th, and um, I think my understanding is he's already he's made his commitment video. I don't know what the hell he's waiting on then. I don't know if maybe that's his birthday or something. I know kids, they love to commit on their birthday. Um, so not sure what he's waiting for, but it sounds like it's going to be Kentucky. That is exciting. He's really, really, really good at basketball. Love to hear that. Uh, so, yeah, shout out Rob Dillingham. Yeah, it seems like as far as I have kept up with Roush, and I kept up with it pretty solidly, seems like – they just held what's it called in tennis? They held court. They held serve. Held serve. Like yeah. Dillingham had a good weekend. Wagner had a good weekend. Brad Bradshaw played well. Like the players that you thought were going to play well played well. I guess the one person who appeared kind of drastically overrated was KJ Evans. He supposedly multiple people that were out there over the weekend. Supposedly Bronny 
people were like, oh, man, he, he's got a long way to go as a basketball player, which I've heard that from a lot of folks about Bronny. Right. It's just right. the high. Like, what I was told from somebody that follows this very, very closely is that he could actually be like a really nice college player if he went to the right spot, decided he was going to be like a four-year player, you know, put in the work. But they're everybody's just going to assume that he'll end up going to one of like the top programs in the country, expect to be a one and done, probably will be a one and done, even though it won't be warranted. And then, you know, we'll kind of just get propped up by his dad to try to play a game with him in the NBA or something like that, you know? So I've heard mm -hmm. that, but I, people that went out there this weekend weren't blown away by him, but Dillingham was great. Wagner was great. They're both amazing high school basketball guards that both should be really nice college basketball guards. And Kentucky's going to get one of them. Maybe they'll get two. Maybe oh, they'll get nice. two. That'd be nice. Dillingham's fun. He's a fun player to watch. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Bronny, I, did you all see the tweets of LeBron there? I, I, you know, again, I was golfing. <laughs> I was at a pool. Maybe I missed it. But I did keep up with it pretty well. I feel like there would have been pictures everywhere of LeBron yeah. James in Louisville. I, I saw uh, – who was – Russell Westbrook was in Louisville. I saw oh. a picture of him there. Well, well, him and LeBron are teammates. Surely LeBron was there too. So, yeah. I, Justin, I, do you have the evidence? I, I'd like to pay up on my bet. I don't have the evidence yet, but there were two guys that tweeted about LeBron being at EYBL yesterday. So I'm going to reach out to one of them, ask him if he has any photo evidence or anything of the nature, <laughs> and, and I'll get back to you. Because I, I believe that he was probably there. I mean, what else is he going to be doing at this time of the year, you know? Well, um, he could be in Paris watching a soccer game. That was Saturday, though, Roush. They had four more games after that in Louisville. They played two on – or I guess it was three. They played two on Sunday and then one on, on Monday. Well, but you asked what he could – you asked what he could be doing, and he could be just not in Louisville. There's, he, there's, lots of, there's lots of things to do outside of the city of Louisville, Justin, believe it or not. But, yeah, but you got to be a dad. And I believe LeBron was probably a dad yesterday. Came out, watched his boy. I'll get back to you all. Let you know. I feel like I got money in my pocket. Yeah, because you were the only person that saw people. Because only two people would have tweeted about if LeBron James was in the city of Louisville. Also, we'll I did a LeBron EYBL Twitter search. There's. Are you talking about the Julian Mendoza tweet? Yeah, I'm going to reach out to him. That was the main well, one. I who who else? What other what other tweet did you see? I mean, I I'll have to pull it back up. This was I searched this at the start of the show because I thought you were going to be coming at me at the start of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I waited. I appreciate. I, that. I waited. There's one tweet <laughs> from Julia Mendoza it said, "Great Memorial Day weekend at session three of EYBL in Kentucky. Played with some 17s, got some tough buckets, and got to talk to legends like LeBron and Carmelo and Russ." Thank you, Nike, for putting on these great events for us. That sounds promising. Sounds promising. Just saying. Come on. That, that, that again. But why would only one player, I guess Julian Mendoza is a basketball player, why would only one player mention getting to talk to LeBron? And there's no pictures elsewhere. <laughs> Time will tell, fellas. I'm, I, hold on. Hold tight. The bet is not done, okay? That's not done. I got to do some research. Okay. I got to, I don't I think, know. I don't, I can't answer that. I don't know why only one person talked about it. I, I couldn't tell you. I think, well, let's just, let's go ahead and tweet Julian. Just, I'm, I'm going to reach out to LeBron. Be like, what, what'd you do this weekend, LeBron? 
Wasn't he in France according to Kentucky Krogh? On Saturday. He was in France. On for, Saturday. For some of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. I would not be rushing back from France to... How many times has LeBron if been I'm to in Paris? France, I'm going to enjoy France. How many times has LeBron been to France? Thousands by this, or probably hundreds by this how point. Times has he, how many times has he watched his kid play basketball? Yeah, but those days are numbered. Those, those days are numbered. France isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Suck you it. You never know. Global warming. <laughs> you never know. know. LeBron may hate his kid and not want to go see him yeah, play maybe basketball. So, yeah. That's, yeah. He, that's how he makes him better. Is he's he, he's just trying to get under his skin? Like <laughs> I'm not going to one of your basketball games until you get better, Bronny. That's how Doctor Evil came to be. Basically, yeah. tough love from the father. Many me loves chocolate. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Yeah, so it seems like Dillingham maybe was going to commit June twenty fourth, but then later said he doesn't have a date, but he knows where he wants to go, and it doesn't seem like there's a ton of mystery in this recruitment. I'm all for it. It takes a little bit of pressure off if you don't get Wagner. It takes a little bit of sting out of it if you end up if he ends up going to Louisville. But folks, Dillingham, he did talk. As Roush mentioned, Wagner didn't. Dillingham talked about playing with Wagner. He's open to it. He'd like it. He's for it. Nothing against it. Everybody hold on to your butts. I'll just say that much. Hold on Ooh. to your butt. I mean, it's gonna be nice to get have like a a bona fide badass at point guard too. You know, I mean, no, no offense to, uh, I'm not going to go all intern Jacob here and start slandering Savir Wheeler just because he wouldn't take a selfie with me. But you got to go back pretty far for Kentucky to have a top five, top 10 point guard, right? Uh, is it Fox? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends what you thought of Shay. Yeah, but I mean, even as like a recruit though, just... I mean, oh. you know what I mean? Uh, the, the long time, long time. Yeah. So that, that'll be nice. That'll be nice to know that you have a guy that's going to be able to get to the rim and could score in a variety of ways because, you know, as much as we push back on the Savier Wheeler criticism, he he is limited in his ability to score from different places on the floor. That won't be the case with Dillingham. Yeah, he's, he's super explosive, freak athlete. It, it is more of what Calipari has had. He's got a smaller frame. He doesn't deal with contact amazingly, but again, he's young. He'll put on a little bit of weight, Uh, but he's love his attitude too. He's a big time poop talker. He talks a lot of crap out there on the court, tries to get in his opponent's head. I always appreciate that stuff. Some people hate it. Some people love it. If you love it though, you're going to be in for a treat with Dillingham, but all signs point to him going to UK. And again, everything's on the table in 2023 in terms of having a monster class. So uh, fun, fun weekend in Louisville. We didn't learn maybe a ton, but we do feel confident about Dillingham. We feel confident that he's going to be a good basketball player and things aren't over with DJ Wagner. We'll need to talk more UK basketball. There's some rumblings and whispers on the assistant coaching search. And then probably the bulk of hour two. We'll be talking some UK football because yep. not the weekend we were looking for, but maybe there's some good news somewhere sprinkled in. We'll get to that. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big oh, X Sports Radio.
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back at our number two Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalos. Fun. Uh, seems like it was a long time ago, but it really wasn't. Last show we did was on Friday at Oxmoor 4. It was fun getting to see some folks. Kentucky Krogue and Robert and Big Blue Drew popped by. The wife popped by. And we gave away some Shady Rays. And we'll do that again if we ever get out in the public again shady rays they are amazing yeah. shades kentucky makes them for kentucky great great win for this kentucky roll call listeners to have the shady rays on our faces memorial day weekend they're awesome got many compliments and what's crazy too i, I i've always heard that polarized like people, fishermen wear polarized glasses to help them see things in the water better it actually there, there's this there's a significant difference between wearing those bad boys and being able to see the fish underwater uh, than not. So you got to try them out for yourself just to, to see and experience the difference. I told you, Roush, I'm glad that and, worked out yeah, for Justin you. Yeah, Justin said that on Friday. Yep. Hey, yeah, by the way. Yeah. It was awesome. Hey, by the way. Shades end up living with the f- Oh, God. Go ahead. For the love of <laughs> I was just going to say, no, I have not worn my other sunglasses since I got my Shady Ray. So they really are that awesome. If your sunglasses end up living with the fishes and you drop them, you break them, you scratch them, whatever it may be, Shady Rays will give you a free pair. That's that's what they're all about. They're good quality. It's a good deal. But stuff happens to sunglasses, so they're going to just replace them for you. Go to ShadyRays.com and do not forget to use the promo code BIGX. It'll help us out. More importantly, it'll help out your wallet, and you will save 25% off using the promo code BIGX at Shady. Race. All right. And all so we, we do have an update on the daycare baby situation. Okay. They open at 7:30. Doesn't so much explain why no one was there at seven, like at all. Well, no one was really there at like 7:15, <laughs> for what it's worth. And right. nobody answered phones, returned emails, or did anything between 7:30 and 8:05. Huh. So if you're there at 7.30, you think that you'd be working the phones at 7.30. We definitely called. However, I think we're just going to – we've they're, they're open. They're expecting us. They're ready for us. They've been open for 40 minutes now. We're just going to play cool. First day. Can't make a big stink, you know? Just mm-hmm. go in there and act like nothing happened. Smart. Can't, can't, <laughs> can't be making a stink and then saying, all right, well, enjoy watching our kid for the next several years. See you later. So we're gonna we're, we're just gonna let this one slot. Oh um, man, I wish I had the maracas on me. Breaking news: <laughs> We finally have an answer. Did Kenny Payne win those games? Oh, okay. He said, "Quote: Players won those games. Coach Cal coached those games." Wow! Suck it, Cards fans. Take out your suck it and suck it. Where, oh, who tweeted that out? Uh, Brett Dawson wrote a article, a column for the Courier Journal, and he he was like, "I've I've wanted to ask him this question for a long time. Finally got around to it." 
Uh, and he also said, I've heard that phrase. Don't say I like it, but I've heard it and it's all in fun. Wow, that's good stuff. I'm gonna have to get a tweet out there. Yeah, so he he's playing he's playing ball. I do love though. Brett really buried the lead. I mean, he he wrote you know 750 words, and it, he broke up the quote into two quotes, and the actual response isn't until the last sentence. <laughs> the last, the last of the last. Just throwing that. Players in won those games. Coach Cal coached those games. Oh man. That's Sounds like a good KSR quote card to get out there this morning. Get, get, get the people, get the rivalry rolling. That is, today is the perfect day to start your day with some some fire quotes like that. Just to get the internet, you know, it's been a slow few days. You've probably been disconnected from your phone, sitting by a pool out in the sunshine. This would be a good way to get folks fired up on a on a hot Tuesday in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Well, the, th- the thing is, I mean, it's such, like... I, I almost will credit U of L because it's such like a wild like thing, and it, it, it kind of came organically. Although mm-hmm. it is funny that it came organically with the coach that ended up getting fired and replaced. You know, like the Chris Mack and Eric Wood video. And, and it was uh, also shared by a UK guy. Drew was the one who put it out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That, that's yeah. another interesting caveat. But then the little fans kind of ran with it and had fun with it, which I don't really, I don't, that's what fans are supposed to do and sports are supposed to be fun. Although it just never really made sense in reality. Like the assistant coach that didn't coach all that much was the one responsible for the teams. Like it's such, and that's what made it so fun. It was just such like a ludicrous notion. But it got to a point where it actually now a story's been written about it, which is just so Kentucky U of L rivalry. That's why it's a million times better than Duke and North Carolina, and always will be. Like th- that, this has spiraled into something. Uh, there's a big sign out on Nolan Lake, yeah, as Kenny Payne won those games, which, like again, in the it's a, it's so silly and it's so ridiculous. But in the rivalry aspect of things, all right, let's have some fun with it. And you're spot on that this is going. That's what summer. That's what summer is for. Like without Louisville and Tennessee and some of UK's biggest rivals, summer would be a little more boring, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, and that that goes back to the conversation we've had quite a bit about man the, having that Governor's Cup first week of the year. Oh. Yeah, really, really amps up sport, summer radio quite a bit. Yep, but this uh, this go around maybe well I don't think it really matter when UK would play U of L. It probably end up being a four touchdown beatdown if if not more, but. All that being said, Kentucky football, Roush, may have some things to figure out at the start of the season because didn't get the didn't get much good news over the weekend, at least regarding Chris Rodriguez. Well, we didn't get much news, but it's the thing is, to, from from my perspective, is because th- there are quite a few times where we'll come on this show and. You'll ask me about something, and I'm, you know, I'm a bad liar. And you're like, I could tell you know something, Roush, and you're not telling me. This really was a situation where, or it has been a situation where nobody is saying anything to anybody, and that's concerning. Uh, I will say, if it was something legal, it would have to get out because it's. Uh, a matter of open like it's it'd be a matter of public record so i i I don't really know what it is but the weirder that folks around kentucky they're they're being weird as hell about it which is disconcerting normally 
I could, you know, some people would even find out about it and just keep it. Nobody's finding out anything. They just know it's bad. And when they talk to people, they won't mention it directly, but it's ominous. It's it's very much a, we're just going to prepare like he's not going to be there. And if he is, then that's an added perk. That's that's essentially the the, the vibe that I'm trying to extrapolate, even though nothing is still set in stone. And what I said last week that no news is good news. I guess that is the case, but it, it's turned into no news is now weird news, and that can't be a good thing. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a big stink, TJ. It's a big stink. Yeah, just from an outsider's perspective, it seems like it's just you're waiting for somebody to report the news, and then everybody's gonna it'll be it'll be out there. Once it just once the smallest little leak of what this is, then the floodgates will break open and. And we'll know. I hope it's nothing serious. I hope it's nothing bad. Very obvious, probably both those things with the way people are acting or the way people are talking. The fact that at best, you know, it may be a five game suspension or something along those lines makes you think that it's something in like a guideline or a rule book that you just cannot break. And Kentucky's finding out if they can even deal with that and then you put the DUI maybe on top of it and then it's just too much to overcome and you just got to go your own separate ways it's frustrating from a fan standpoint I know a lot of folks listening are feeling that same way it's also just like what the hell can UK athletics do right now just to get two weeks of good news well we'll settle for a week of good news but can we just go a couple days without bad news even like we'll just take nothing for a little bit uh, it just seems like it's been a constant poo storm here for UK athletics with bad news, this, that, or the other. And this is bad news. Again, there's more important things than football, and we could maybe learn that Chris did this or did that, and then it's just you don't even want him anywhere near associated with the university. Point right. is, I'm saying this naively, not knowing what he did, what he didn't do, but just going from a X's and O's football standpoint, this is a huge loss. There's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. The Baker stuff you could spin as, are you really losing a lot of what you didn't even know you had? What Could he have been a great player? Maybe. Has he shown he's a great player? Absolutely not. Chris Rodriguez has shown he's a great player, and he's shown that he's maybe the best running back in the history of UK football. UK doesn't have anybody else like him on the roster. And historically UK's maybe only had one or two running backs even in the same neighborhood as the type of runner as Chris Rodriguez. So uh, he's a a special running back that has done some incredible things for UK. And then to go into June and one, not know if you have them, but let's just assume that they'll find out in June that they do not. That's tough. That is tough. You didn't read, you didn't get the, you didn't address the offensive line need that you needed to. You, you got one wide receiver transfer in, but you weren't you get two that committed but never ended up getting to play for you. You had your offensive coordinator leave for literally probably the only job he would have left for realistically. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's just Roush, it's not good. Like it's it's it, you know, it almost it, it's so funny to me that like well, it's not funny to me, but it is at least interesting to me. I at least want somebody else to comment on it or allow my brain to kind of hear something different, but seems like the expectations for UK football have never been higher, momentum super high, but they've just kind of been, it's been a little piece of bad news after a little piece of bad news. And we're still rocking and rolling, ready to rock and roll. UK basketball set up for like, I'm not trying to compare everything football and basketball either. Expectations are different as is, but 
basketball, they're set up to be like a top five preseason team, and it's all doom and gloom on the basketball side of things, which just brings you back to on the court or on the field production results matter a lot more than off store, off field, off season storylines do. But it, that is at least intriguing to me that we're, you know, you can't, I can't, I can't wait for football season. I already got my season tickets. I was super pumped about it. I know a lot of people that are in the same boat as me. And then you get other people with basketball. It's like, yeah, all right. Well, November's a long way away. Maybe I'll get excited about it. Maybe I won't. It is intriguing to me because UK has been served with a lot of really bad news in athletics, but especially on the football side of things. But it hasn't really completely slowed the roll, if you if you know what I mean. And I'm happy about that. Yeah, and I think it's because we you expect some bad things to happen each and every offseason. Uh, uh, one of my friends was like, why can't we just have one offseason where we don't have – well, because injuries happen. That's the sport of football. You're going to endure them. The one thing that – I mean, if you had to compare all of the off-season injuries, season-ending things that you we've experienced throughout uh, the Mark Stoops tenure, whether it's Lane and Young's knee or, uh, you know, you just go go through the long litany. There's quite a few significant contributors that have been taken out, but none would be as impactful as this because Chris Rodriguez could have farted and walked his way to become the school's leading rusher. You don't get that from that that's just that's uncommon uh and to add in the fact too that you do like what you had in that running back room but you liked him as complimentary pieces not necessarily as featured pieces now you can convince yourself you know what the 49ers when they were successful rock and roll and they never really had a featured back um and you know they were able to kind of use a bunch of different guys to have some success but hey it's still Chris Rodriguez was your is probably your only candidate to be first team preseason all SEC. And now that's I mean, that'll be off the table, uh, regardless of w- what we find out with the suspension or whatever it may be. Th- this guy is a bona fide stud, one of the, your superstars going into the season. And he could just just like that not be around that that's potentially on the table. So. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't have a good way to spin this other than I, I, I actually, I don't, there's, there's no, well, <laughs> there, there is no, there is, you, you can spin it. There's no good way to spin it. And the yeah. way to spin it again, not a good way is you do have a lot of young, exciting backs that are now going to get bigger opportunities. There's probably a superstar in that fold. Do we see it this year? Probably not, but maybe you get some glimpses of it. You, you could have some playmakers. My biggest issue with the running backs is you just won't have the – I'm worried about the tough yards, but, again, we'll have to wait and see how the season unfolds. But that would be the spin is, all right, you, you've, you've got some options. You've got some young guys. You've got a ton of young receivers. So the Baker stuff, uh, that's, that's not as big as – that's the spin. But I don't think it's a good spin. It's troubling. You lose your offensive coordinator. You lose several pieces on the offensive line, All, not all of which were replaced. You lose one of the best wide receivers in program history. You bring in another wide receiver that you're excited about. You don't get him. And then you have a running back that if nothing else, all else fails, at least we can hand the ball off to him. Nope. Now you don't have that anymore either. So you got Will Levis, which is exciting. But you got Will Levis. A somewhat new offensive line, at least in some parts. You're going to have a new running back, and you're going to have a new number one receiver and a new offensive coordinator. That's a lot to overcome, folks. That like 
That's not well, not a good situation. And, and with Rodriguez returning, you were able to look past the receiver and offensive coordinator aspects of it. That's can't say the same if that's gone too, because that was a real cornerstone of what you were kind of relying on. Now, what actually ends up happening, I don't know. But even if I, I think my biggest worry too, TJ, is that even if it is just a um, Best case scenario, lengthier four-game suspension instead of just a one-game slap on the wrist or something like that. You still don't know what Chris you're going to get when he comes back. Is he going to be the same, or is he going through some stuff to where that by the time he gets back, he's just a completely different guy? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've never, I can't recall such a weird, odd scenario. Because even when we have these weird stories where there's there's rumors of this, like the the stoops rumor back in 2016 or whatever that uh they were going to use a morality like i need at least knew what the rumor was i got no idea what the hell is going on here other than it's bad yeah it's uh that's not good that's not a not a good situation and if he were able to come back and that's also another thing is whatever's going on i hope people are keeping keeping tabs on chris and i hope if things are really, really bad, they can always potentially maybe be worse. So hoping people are are keeping up with him. It seemed like he, at the end of this most recent season, had a decision, hey, do I want to come back to school or do I want to just go give this pro thing a whirl? I'm going to graduate. He graduated. And really since graduating, it just seems like it's been one thing after another for him. So I hope uh, his friends are, are hanging around. But from a UK football outlook, which isn't nearly as important as somebody else's life and other decisions people can make in their lives, especially ones that could impact others, like when you get behind the wheel after you've been drinking, uh, hope that he's he's doing okay. But from a UK football standpoint, the offense, it almost feels like you got done creating a masterpiece, maybe not a masterpiece, but something that you know is going to get an A in art class, and you just realize that you use the entirely wrong colors and you got to start over from scratch. Um, that's what it kind of feels like. You got Levis. All right. Woo. -hoo. But is the offensive coordinator any good? We're going to have to wait and see. Is the offensive line going to be as good as it's been over the past few years? We'll have to wait and see. Will the wide receiver production be good? Well, we like the quarterback, so that's a start, but we'll have to wait and see. Will the running backs be good? We, we like some of the names. We think that there's some talent there. We'll have to wait and see. That's not what we thought it was going to be, Roush, and that's a bummer. I mean, it really is a bummer. I, I was thinking that UK really could win the East this year without Chris Rodriguez. I'm, I don't think that, and I won't predict that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I was ready to predict it too. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bummer. Like, and that, you know, I think where it's really going to hurt the most is that in some of those road games where things just really aren't going your way and the, the maybe the crowd's getting to you or you're getting some bad call, you, you never know what it could be. It's just such a luxury to have somebody that you can hand the ball off to, get three yards, and heck, if they break one tackle, maybe it's eight, nine, 15 yards. You never really know. Anytime you're in the red zone, a broken tackle could be a touchdown. Not having that option, you're probably going to get Levis running more, which I don't think is a bad thing because I think he's a pretty solid runner, and we saw that Louisville game for what it's worth. But that also opens him up to more hits and more injuries and, and more contact, which is – that was great to have Rodriguez that, hey, you need two yards. We don't have to worry about the quarterback taking a touch here. We'll just hand it off to our bruiser. That's one of the best running backs in school history. I just can't state it enough. It's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no way around it. Now, TJ, we could be talking about a real bummer 
on this show tomorrow morning. Hopefully this isn't a KRC curse. What exactly that is, I don't know. Let's go to a break and talk about it when we return. Wow, show's flying by today. Uh, and that was a professional radio tease by one Nick Roush. We'll come back. We'll hear what it is together here on Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Good Radio. Hopefully, your Memorial Day long weekend featured some Salsaritas, delicious, fresh Mexican grill. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown off Shelbyville Road. It has drive through St. Matthews, Hubbard's. It's Taco Tuesday, baby. What a way to start the work week. Jump right into a Taco Tuesday. You won't find better quesadillas, tacos, burritos, nachos, wildly addictive chips with hot, spicy salsa, Salsaritas has it all. Download the Salsaritas app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And keep them in mind. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the week for your catering options for the weekend. No party too big. No party too small. Whether it's for work, graduations, retirements. Shout out to my mother-in-law. She retired. We got to celebrate some Salsaritas. It's a perfect party. When you get people together, you want to eat good food, Salsaritas takes care of all of it for you. All right. Text line is 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. Roush had quite the radio tease there to end segment one, hour two. I want to hear how he's going to start segment two, hour two. Roush, what do you got? Well, it snuck up on us, but did you know that tomorrow is the NBA draft deadline? Uh, I kind of thought it was already happened, but uh, yeah, around this time, sure. Yeah, and... We haven't heard anything from one Jacob Toppin. Uh, I, I I know that it's always been expected that he's going to come back to Kentucky. Calipari has said as much throughout uh, this entire offseason. But all we've gotten from Toppin is a decision's decisions. No inclination one way or the other what he'll do. And... He's got to make a decision by 11.59 tomorrow night. So I know that typically this comes with a little bit more theatrics, but I'm just, I'm surprised. I thought this would be more of a no-brainer for Jacob Toppin. Um, he'll, because, be, he'll, he'll be back. Don't worry. I know, I know. But I just, it, it's, we've been waiting for some good news. And it just, it, it feels like the the Big big Blue Nation is a little snake bit right now. This would be the ultimate bite in the ass. Well, that if they if you lost Toppin, then it'd be really the reason they're. What would you do? Who would you go get? You yeah. You start in Collins and Sheepway, and then Lance is your first big, your first and only big off the bench. Yeah, like you, you just sure. it'd be it'd be horrible, horrible roster construction. Not just on like, hey, we thought this player was going to be good, and he ended up not being good. 
uh, no, you'd have three front court bodies. Like that would be that would be an absolute and total disaster. So top won't be back. Nothing to worry about. Uh, if we're being totally honest with one another, I, I thought the tease was going to be something a little a little bit better, a little bit more teasing, intriguing. But we did need to at least bring up Toppin because we haven't heard. Uh, we haven't officially right. heard where Keon Brooks will be playing his college basketball yet. Won't be at Kentucky, but we, we're not sure. And then along those same lines, you know it would be interesting, Roush. We'd ha- we would have some interesting radio if Leonard Miller, who's announcing today, now if he picked Kentucky, then I'd say, okay, what's the deal here with old Jacob Hoppin' Toppin? Because if you if you got Miller, then I'd start to be like, uh, does that mean they think Toppin's gone? And I would I would guess that the answer to that question would be yes. But here's what's going to happen: Miller's going to stay in the draft or go G League or whatever goofy yeah. thing he wants to do, and Toppin will come back to UK. And UK will do a video and we'll be excited about it, but we won't be surprised by it. And then we'll try to figure out if UK is still going to add a body or if the roster really is set for this upcoming year. But that's how this will play out, Roush. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. But just something to mention, uh, something we've got to follow along with this week, just like we need to keep up with what's going down in Destin at the SEC spring meetings. TJ, this is usually just a week where Daryl Bird gets uh, a, some quotes from Mitch Barnhart and does a story. They're usually a pretty boring non-event. But now, I mean, the future of college football could change this week. And that's, yep. that's not hyperbole. At all, uh, we we discussed it at length last week. The the different scheduling formats um, that are on the table, uh, and so I'm curious because I, I felt like some of what Greg Sankey said last week to Pete Thamel was posturing. So I'm I'm curious what the actual meat and potatoes is going to be like when they break from these meetings. And then in addition to all that, you might have uh, a situation where Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher cross paths. I hope we get some sort of oddly angled video of them two like talking for two minutes and then walking away kind of like uh whenever brian harson was at a meeting at the league office and he was like walking around a car to just avoid members of the media uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get some sort of weird video like that to come from today yeah uh these meetings you always get something it may not be uk specific but you'll get something from somewhere if not just the league as a whole then a member of the league and then sometimes yeah you'll get something from uk where daryl bird he he splits times between the big kahuna and the track people that have been to destin they'll get the reference although i haven't been to destin in probably 10 years so maybe i no longer even get the reference but going back to heyday however you could get some UK news. Uh, you, We don't know. Cal Perry sometimes is like throwing a quote to Daryl Bird here or there. So maybe we'll get something like that as well. But you're right, Roush. This almost feels like it's 1774, the first Continental Congress. You, The, the future of college football really is dependent upon these meetings. Will Texas and Oklahoma have any representation here at these meetings this year or no? They will not. I always wonder how that works. That's what's significant in the scheduling thing is that – they, they don't have uh, uh, no taxation without representation for the Longhorn State. So wait, so, wait, so it is taxation without representation. Yes, we're basically Greg Sankey is King George. I have a hard time believing Texas and Oklahoma's they, they aren't uh, their drudge, their druthers weren't weren't expressed. I mean, I'm sure that Sankey has an idea of where they stand on certain issues 
But since they're technically not in the SEC yet, they won't have an official vote on something, which which actually makes it easier for them to to pass something meaningful because they don't need to whip um, two extra votes to to make something happen. You know. Yeah, but with Texas and Oklahoma, whenever they do join, would they just say, "Hey, well, whenever we join, though, we'll be doing new votes"? No, they wouldn't do that. I mean, but I mean, I I just. I think that Sankey is going to keep in mind what they would prefer, but ultimately if they decide to pull the trigger on this new scheduling format before they get in, then they're just going to have to deal with it. That's uh, it's almost like the price you pay as a, as a, as a new member. We're, we're hazing them uh, by just giving them the schedule that we come up with first. At the end of the day, I don't really care. I think that they probably should. And I'm sure they're, I do mean that their voices, I'm sure have been heard. Their wants, needs have been expressed. I, I don't, if they don't get an actual say, so be it. I would probably let them have a say if, uh, if I were running the show, but whatever. Yeah. Everything I know about Texas though, TJ, is that the if you let them have a word, they think they're the kings of the castle. So I want them to have as little input as possible. Well, then, I mean, that's just not the way it's going to work for them in the SEC. They're going to have a say just as Arkansas has a say. Um, that people may scoff at that or laugh at that, or that may not prove true in time, but that's the way it should 100% be. Um, that being said, you could have the scheduling for the force for a really long time. I, I, I think their wishes should at least be taken into consideration just as anybody else's are but who cares oh well that Kentucky's fine so that's all I care about at the end of the day Uh, but we'll see what they come up with I bet we'll probably get our answer to the scheduling questions Roush or at least a front runner if you will and it will be funny too if you have scheduling with Texas and Oklahoma taken into consideration but they're their program's best interest not so like if you get future schedules for 2027 and Kentucky has Texas on the schedule, but you know Texas had no say in the development of this schedule or the formatting of this schedule. That'll be pretty funny too. But we'll get something this week. There's no doubt about that. Destin will be popping. <laughs> Destin, what's that? Um, that little bar area that has the. Uh, uh, it's it's like kind of by the. I'm doing a horrific job. They have that bar area that's kind of by the docks. That's a nice little spot. I'm sure. Mike Leach is you, you'll spot him sipping some mai tais by that bar um, this week. What's the there's I think a well I always forget the names. Of the, there was like a Polly's front porch or something that was like a restaurant on the beach that was always they had a playground and it was like literally right by the water. That was always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin's a good time, although supposedly it's really even grown more and it was yeah. already pretty pretty packed so i, I bet I post memorial day week too is crazy but the sand destin resort is where they're at that hotel bar is where all okay. of the, the that that's where you're going to find the meeting of the minds gotcha huh that'll be interesting so if you're down in destin big blue nation and you want to try to bump into some coaches just how do slide on over to that resort the sand destin resort and see it see what's happening at the hotel bar we're gonna slide on over to the thornton's text line i did want to ask you this Justin Kalen, is there stopping uh, hopping Jacob Toppin? Uh, there is not. No. If if in the NBA, yes. If he comes back to Kentucky, no. Absolutely not. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Just wanted to double check. First texter says, "Where are these par three courses around this area?" I feel like we've answered this before. We but have. There's one at Seneca. There's one at Hurstbourne, but I don't think anybody can get on that one. 
There's another one that we're missing. There's one over here in it Indiana. Farnsley T. That was the. Oh, there you go. Boom. What is it in Indiana, Justin? It is in Indiana. Confirmed. But wait, what's what, it called, what, though? What's its name? Oh, uh, Cherry Somebody Valley. He wants to play it. Okay, thank you. Here you go. A texture says, Mitch has UK athletics absolutely rolling right now with track and field success, baseball and SEC semis, softball, volleyball, football, rifle. Tennessee baseball head coach has been there since 2018, a lot less time than Mingione. What's stopping Mitch and company from hiring a young star to lead that program? That's another thing, too, if you're Mitch. This is something, like, while we started today's show, you got to move on. You got to move on. You do, and you do. You absolutely have to move on. I wonder if part of Mitch's one, he likes Mingione. They're both they're on God Squad, and that there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But they have they share similar interests and they like one another. But I also wonder if Mitch is just like, I thought I hit a home run with this hire. What if I hire? What if I make another bad hire? Because we all, for what it's worth, and I'll and hand up here, we all thought Mingione was going to be successful. We all thought, and why wouldn't you? He goes to Super Regional his first year. We all thought it was going to work out. He was incredibly likable. He still is. Seems like a nice guy. But we thought that that was going to mean recruits were going to love to play for him, and these teams were going to be fun and really close-knit and tight. But no, players really did not enjoy playing for him, and there was a lot of stories, and he had to really kind of go after the transfer portal. And for what it's worth, and this I think is even all the more reason to change directions, UK is going to be significantly worse next year than they are this year. They're, they're going to have to just clean up in the portal. They're going to have to clean up in the portal regardless of who the coach is, whether it's Mingione or not. They're losing a ton. They're losing a ton from a pretty average team. That could be a good thing if you get somebody new in that can get in some really nice players from the portal, or it could be a really ugly thing. It could be an ugly thing even with a new coach, but at least if it's a new coach, you're moving in a different direction, a new direction. So they're going to stink. They're going to lose a lot. Now, I guess, well, I guess I say they should. They they could stink. We'll see what they do in the portal. The the big thing for me, TJ, is this texture gets at the heart of the problem. We thought Mingium was going to be this up and coming young coach, and he had immediate success. He was going to turn things around, and then it just hasn't been the same ever since. So it's one of those you you do have to say, well, we thought we got the right guy. Looks like we did not. Time to try something new. And that happens. But the worst thing you can do about a bad hire is keep it going. And this was a bad hire. You got to you gotta try something different. Uh, another texter on the Thornton's text line says, whatever you do, Roush and Scoots, do not ask TJ what happened against his brother on the front nine last weekend. Surprised he's in public today. My brother was talking a ton of smack about being up. I uh, shot a 50. He shot a 44. And then he comes back and shoots a 56 on the back nine. Oh, <laughs> man. And he got so, gosh. Got so lucky in so many regards. Um, had like a couple balls going out of bounds that like hit off like posts and knocked them back into fairways. You know, like the little like out of bounds posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had like a forty-five foot putt, which was in, in, like if it had, if it wasn't going in, it would have rolled off the green. Um, he he was playing out of his mind. Still couldn't keep him in the double digits. Sadly, maybe next time, Johnny. Maybe next time. Uh, Robert has a message for intern Jake, who's not here today. We'll see him tomorrow. You have to down that Wheeler Hill now, my man. Don't let any amount of facts, statistics, or common sense get in your way. Yeah, he really does have to treat this like a Trevor Kelsey situation, you know? Just no matter what, he's never going to be have his mind changed. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder though that the did he learn that from Justin? Because Justin still thinks LeBron James was hanging out in Louisville this weekend. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he was or not. I'm just saying I'm holding on to hope is what I'm doing. It, it, completely different from what Jacob's doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. A texter says, TC from Lexington. Hey, TC. Dillingham is a great player, and as a consolation prize, you can't do much better than a top 10 player. I just think the optics of it all look really bad with Cal seemingly throwing in the towel with Wagner to his ex-assistant and biggest rival. Everyone in the city of Louisville came out in support of Wagner to the cards. TC, I saw you saying this on Twitter, and I had to do like a double take because I didn't think it was you. Where are you seeing that he's thrown in the white towel by getting a top 10 player? Yeah, that's a hell of a way to throw in the towel. What? He's pretty much everybody play with a top 10 player. This is exactly why we love Cal. He's getting a great player and he's going to try to get another great player. Louisville's desperate for Wagner. They did exactly what they should do this weekend. Lance Ware and Kareem Watkins showed up though. And I have no doubt in my mind that it was like UK was just like, Hey, get, get over, like go support your boy. Like get over there and see him. They they're bringing out everybody. We got to have somebody there. I wouldn't doubt at all if you came, if Cal made that call to send, to get Watkins and where. Oh, I hope he team. made that call. He needs to make that call. <laughs> but TC, you about did what they should do. The dude's playing in your backyard. You got like a good wave of momentum, which by the way, is that changing? I'll get to that here in a second. But TC, bad take. I, I love you, but bad take. Another texter on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. John here. Good morning to all. Glad to hear this great show after a short break. Okay. Went to see the PBR on Saturday and I decided that getting on a bull and trying to ride for eight seconds may just be the hardest thing to do in sports. I think I'm getting too excited about this assistant coach search. Maybe I should not get my hopes up. Heard a bunch of different names on message boards. One was JJ Reddick. Guys, I have no idea if this is true, but what would you think? Home run or boo? Well, got to go. Talk to you later. JJ Reddick's not leaving his job at ESPN. It's an awesome job. Uh, he's going to be one of their primetime analysts. He's not leaving that to coach at Kentucky. Just not happening. Yes, Roush is, Roush is right, although I, I would like it. I wouldn't – I mean, just because he was a dookie and a dorky, it doesn't mean I, I wouldn't be interesting. So I, I wouldn't be against it, be better than than Bruiser Flint. But, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be it'll be J.J. Redick. Uh, one name that was out on the message boards was Malik Waynes. Um, so there's – there's that potentially, but, and then did you see the tweet that was like, Oh, Cal's going to be two can play that game. Did you see that? I did not. It'd be fun though. I forget who it was. It was some like random account. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but it was something insinuating that Cal, is he going to take somebody from Wagner's family to join the Ooh. staff? Is he going to take a Duke? It could be in so many different areas, you know, Two could play that game. Okay, is it in regards to U of L hiring Wagner? Is it regards to Duke stealing Jay? It, what what could it be referencing? Uh, that's that's what people are are wondering. If you, the the name Malik Wayne sounds familiar to you, uh, he was the guard that played at Villanova. But that's just a name that has been thrown around. I don't know if it would be anything really to keep an eye on or not. Whenever my former ex-boss said on Friday that he heard they were in the final stages, I thought we might get a, a a little Friday news dump action, but did not. Still playing the waiting game more than a month later after Jay Lucas left. So, I was ready to get this on the road. 
long as it's not Bruiser Flynn. I don't say that to be mean to Bruiser. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that he's a part of the UK basketball program. I like having him on the staff. You don't need to elevate his role uh, to recruit. Before we wrap up this text line, um, in a strange shock, the Spectrum guy showed up early to his appointment. So, man, you're seems like you always schedule stuff around the radio show. You think that two hours would be hey? I know. No, no, no well, nothing here. It, scheduled it for after, and they're showing up early. Hmm. Yeah, unbelievable. All righty, I'll see you later. Yeah, suck it, Scoots. You're unbelievable. Panel guys, last week days are long. Well, yes, yes, that that I couldn't change around. This one, I was like, well, it'll be right after the radio show. It'll be perfect. And then, nope, just ah, bastards. All right, I'll see y'all. See ya. All righty, see you later. Hey, TJ. By the way, so me a professional. I'm Nick Ross. I I will save it to tomorrow. But I have a I have a bruiser flint flint rant that I want to go on. So. Let's remember that tomorrow. Oh. I'm I'm just over it. I'm over the whole hating on Bruiser thing. Go on. Uh, people aren't going to be anticipating a Bruiser Flint rant for 24 hours. Well, so, We're on Bruiser Flint right now. We're so, in the moment. It feels right. I, I, so I don't have my research together, so my facts are going to be a little off. But basically, I am sick and tired of Bruiser's name being drugged through the mud when it comes to being the third assistant. Like it's and the, and everybody's giving me the reasoning because he'd have to recruit. Okay, the guy can recruit. He he was a head coach for what thirty plus years, and now he's been an assistant for however long now. He recruited at Indiana. He was in on several big names. Aminu Muhammad, one of them. Um, I can't remember the other big name that he was in on for Indiana, but he he got Jordan Geronimo, I believe, is at Indiana because of Bruiser Flint. He's got the East Coast connections. I I just don't understand. Like this man can recruit. Why? Why is there so much hatred on him getting third assistant and moving up to an, a recruiting position? I, I just, I'll never understand it. So your your evidence is a player that he didn't get, Aminu Muhammad. Is that the player you said? Well, no. See, this is why I wanted to save my argument because I had it all. I had it put together last week. I just never got around to it. But there, there are several players that he was in. Go ahead. And Geronimo, that these are the these are the names you come out with, and one of the guys he didn't even land. Okay, well, before you hate on Jordan Geronimo, let me go ahead and tell you. And I, I was telling somebody this the other day. He is on, and and I I understand this is gonna this could come back and completely bite me in the ass, but I've, I have to get out in front of it now. Jordan Geronimo's career is very very similar to Oladipo's at Indiana. Came in his freshman year, didn't hardly do squat. Second year, you saw flashes of how special he can be and what he can really do. And then third year is when Oladipo broke out. So I'm looking for Geronimo to break out this year, and I'm giving credit to Bruiser Flint for that. That That's wild that you would do that. I mean, Bruiser Flint's been at Kentucky since the start of the 2020 season. So he's, it's you know, it's 2020. We're heading into 2022, 2023. So you you still contributing him with IU successes is, is interesting. Uh, secondly, Justin, when you have to explain it out so much, you know you're in a tough spot. And having to explain about Geronimo Allison's development. Or <laughs> George. Yeah, Geronimo Allison, he's, the, he's, the, he's the wide receiver for the Packers. <laughs> Um, anyway, anyway, I'll give him credit for Allison too. Again, unfortunately, <laughs> bad, bad take again, unfortunately. Um, 
nothing against him, but he's 56. He has been a head coach at two other places before. He wants to supposedly be a head coach again. Those are the rumors out there everywhere. That's not the person that you're having that you, if you feel like you need kind of a shot in the arm for recruiting or you need to take on Duke head to head, I'm sorry, Bruiser Flint's not the one that's going to give fans the warm and fuzzies. I, I just don't get it. Kentucky fans, they're, you're just so spoiled. You are what so you spoiled. Are, all right, listen. Oh, totally spoiled. And I'm the one that I'm the biggest proponent of that. But the truth is, UK is number two in recruiting right now. UK yeah. fans want to be number one in recruiting. And I don't, you're, you are, you are the, the numbskull for thinking that Bruiser Flint would get UK to number one in recruiting. I, I don't necessarily think that. I just don't understand the hate of, of him becoming number three. And I, I guess you've said it as best as you it's, could say it. It, 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 not, it. It's not the hate so much. I don't know. I think everybody likes him. Just you, you already have them. You already have this. You, you got them. You, you got what you need. If you were starting a restaurant, I got the, you got the best bartender in the world. He just can make drinks, has people going crazy, just gets the crowd going. And you got $150,000 left to go get what else. You're not going to go hire another bartender, are you? You're going to go bring in a chef. You're going to get it. You're going to get somebody that can do something different. You already got Bruiser. I don't know if he's a good bartender or not. You already got him. What if the bar doesn't have a kitchen? What if the bar doesn't have a kitchen? Then you need another bartender. It's got a a nice kitchen. Needs a night and somebody to cook up some nice recruits for the cats. Uh, Texter says 502. That was fun, Justin. I mean, totally just out of left field with a bruiser. You just didn't like people banging on bruiser. I just hate it. Like, I love bruiser so much, and I hate that he gets so much slander. It's just they don't want him as the third assistant. Everybody's cool with him, but they don't want him as the third assistant. A texter says, you all are too high on Rodriguez. Yes, he is good, but he fumbles, and he has never changed the outcome of a game in, his, in the positive. That's a wild take. <laughs> he can be replaced. He is only about to break a school record because of the COVID season. He's an above-average running back, but he has major deficiencies, and he can be replaced. I think it's just a wild text into the Thornton's text line. Pretty wild. Maybe he can. He, maybe he could be replaced, but that's a wild thing to say about somebody that's setting school records that is right there in multiple categories. I, just this act that he so easily could be replaced. People said this about Benny Snell, and then boom, there was Chris Rodriguez. So maybe after Chris Rodriguez, boom, it'll be somebody new. There's plenty of options, but he's a sure thing for multiple years being able to go in the SEC and say, I'm going to go take these yards. There's nothing you can do about it. You, you cannot take that for granted in SEC football, having a, a tough runner like that. Over, and, Well, I think we're going to miss it, fortunately. Overall, I think this is a pretty wild take, but I think if you – now I know – is Cavassi Smoke still in the transfer portal? No, he, he's currently expected to be a Kentucky Wildcat. Okay, yeah. So if you take Rodriguez out of the equation – I would not be too scared to have Cavassier Smoke and McLean in the backfield. I think they could do probably just as much, maybe a smidge less than Rodriguez would do. They can do different things. And again, you can talk about the offense maybe being a little faster, faster tempo, fast pace, but the tough yards are going to be missed. I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, I think a better take for whoever that texter was, which I appreciate you texting in and I just disagree with you, would be hey, when it comes to third and three, we're going to have to figure something else out. There's no denying that. 
but I can spin this as a positive because now you have more, you're always going to have better pass catchers in the backfield and you're going to be able to get a little trickier and make it, make it tougher to defend quicker scat backs, blah, blah, blah. If you had the take like that, that's fine. But they're UK is missing out on short yardage situations big time with the likely or seemingly likely departure of Rodriguez. He's always he always just did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, you can't take that for granted though with an SEC running back on a 10-win football team. Having a running back that did what he was supposed to do or having any football player on a 10-win team in the SEC that does what they're supposed to do, isn't that what you want? Yep, that's exactly what you want. So I'd be all for that. A texter says, what do you make of two can play the game Cal quote that was out there? Oh, two can play the game. Yeah, we kind of touched on that. Um, yeah, I guess that was the phrasing. Two can play that game. So, again, as it regards to hiring somebody to get a recruit, potentially, is it regards to stealing a rival's assistant recruit? Possibly. I don't know. Uh, you've heard NBA names thrown around there for the assistant job, so we'll have to wait and see. Another texter says, Nothing but a swing and miss for Scoots today. Smoke would be RB3, even with Chris gone. He's still going to be behind McLean and Wright. Really? So he, he'd be right behind Wright? Is that true? That's something, uh, there's there's a popular opinion for that. Uh, a lot of like the media members, Justin, aren't high on Smoke. Hmm. I like, I mean, maybe it's just because of his name, but I like Smoke. I think on the field, he's got, he's done some. He's done some fun things, but yeah. supposedly he's not maybe the, the knock on him is, is he the hardest worker? Um, other people have just kind of surpassed him and he can make some nice plays and make your jaw drop here and there, but just doesn't do it enough consistently to be the lead featured back. But we'll see. I, I'm not, I, I like smoke. If he's in the game, I don't think UK's off. I feel confident UK's offense can do some solid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think like, my expectations of offensive success doesn't change when smoke's in there, but there are people with higher ceilings and more potential that seem to work harder as well. All right. That's our show. Any last words, Justin? Uh, happy birthday to my grandma today. Big day for her. Hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday to your grandma. Yep. Going to Longhorn tonight. Come on. Uh, All right. Everybody have a, everybody have a great Tuesday. We will be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kaler. We will see you then.